1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thief Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
0: What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Boom shakalaka. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. Intro and outro music is provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at ParkinMainBand.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at so says J. Paul. Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. You can find the Phoenix Suns, excuse me, Bright Side of the Sun podcast network on any podcast platform, and on brightsideofthesun.com. There you go. You're learning. Check us out on the site. Check us out on those platforms and make sure to click that little subscribe button. So this episode, we're going to dive into right off the bat here, All-Star Weekend. We're coming off of All-Star Weekend. We'll certainly get into the three-point contest. Um, I I would venture to guess we'll get into Devin Booker's put-back dunk. But Don't spoil things. First things first, I have to say, when they came out with this format, this new format for the All-Star game, I kind of scoffed at it. I'm like, come on, really? Is this going to make anything more interesting? That fourth quarter of the All-Star game. You were wrong. (laughs) Well, I was so wrong. So wrong. That fourth quarter of the All-Star game was quite possibly the most fun I've had watching basketball since (laughs) the Suns' 92-93 season. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe even more fun than that. Uh, It it all started, I mean, that the first play for me when I sat back and went, oh, oh, they're doing stuff, was when LeBron was posting up on Giannis and kind of gave him a little push off, then tried to put up this fadeaway, and Giannis got a piece of it. And then from there, the intensity that that game was played with was awesome. I mean, you had freaking... Was it Kyle Lowry out there taking it, charges? Multiple charges. Multiple. He had at least two attempts that did not get called charges. did he, he take charges. one from LeBron? Like, who he, stands in front of LeBron? He did, <laughs> yeah. The psychopath stands in front of LeBron. That's who. Uh, he took one from LeBron. Um, he took one from Harden yeah. on a shot that would have been a game winner. It's always funny watching James Harden complain ab- about foul calls. Yeah. Come on, bro. I know. Come on. Yeah. Come on. One more time, Paul. Come on, James uh, Harden. Don't you ever Your game dare. is getting fouls. You can't complain when you get a foul call. Right, night. especially when you lower your shoulder into a defender and knock
1: them over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's that I can't believe James Harden could have won that game. Yeah, he, he could have. Like he completely, like, I, maybe it was just um, fatigue from playing that long without, like, really good rest or anything. Um, and being hungover because, you know, he, he's probably hungover. Shytown town Yeah, you know, what else are you going to do in like four degree weather? <laughs> Drink and go to strip clubs. Yeah. That's what I assume happened. Yeah, that's what, that's what he does. Um, but he was like right there. He had like a clear lane to a layup. Nobody around him should have made it, but he passed it off for a three. I think just out of pure instinct and habit. It was the only other, the only and like a like a straight brain fart that was that would have won the game.
0: Yeah, and they ended up winning anyway on that same possession. But it was it was super weird because you see him going in. I'm like, ah, it's over. I'm like, why did he just pass that ball? Um, But yeah, you've got Harden doing that. You you had LeBron taking the shot from the uh, from the logo basically um, from center court uh, trying to trying to win the game. I thought it was interesting that Team LeBron once they got to that three point part like needed three points to win. all they did was attempt threes yeah and and they were they were in a situation where they needed three team he honest needed four i'm like go for two because even if they make a three on the other and you still have the ball to well, win the game
1: well i mean it's still it's a whole uh mind shift of like how to play that game i mean yeah just the idea that like the game wasn't ending on like intentional fouls mm-hmm. is cut was kind of was interesting you know like when you you've got a two three point like a very close game and you're not intentionally fouling it's it's kind of crazy um i actually was listening to uh the um zach lowe today had the guy who like came up with this idea of like it's called like the elam ending Mm -hmm. and so he interviewed nick elam and he was kind of talking about it and apparently like teams who are behind in a close game situation where, you know, you start do, doing the intentional fouls to try to, like, get a chance to win, win less than 1% of the time. I believe that. Yeah, so do I. Um, and that doesn't even take into account games where it doesn't even matter because it's too large of a, a a gap. So, it's it's a crazy stat. So, it's like, like, I mean, I get it. It's like, otherwise, you don't really have, you have, like, zero chance if you play it any other way. But... That's like trying to win the lottery.
0: It takes an interesting dynamic of um, from a from a betting perspective out of it as well, right. because, you know, I have a friend who has definitely sat at the end of games, going, "Let's let's get some intentional fouls here. Some somebody might have the over and um, throw some points up on the board. That sounds fantastic." Uh, so it takes that out, and and you know, going back to the whole. Well, when you when you have a defined score, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean,
1: granted, you could still have an over under because it's based on sure, sure. But, but it
0: takes out that aspect of, hey, let's, let's try to get more points because right. you know what the, what the end, end is going to be. And back to the aspect of them just taking three after three, I can see that from that whole mindset perspective too. It's a lot cooler to end a game on a walk-off three than to, as we saw it end up happening, end it on a walk-off free throw.
1: Right. Well, plus I wouldn't be surprised if, like they start jacking threes because they're like, okay, I just want this over. Right. You know, it's like three three points. It's done.
0: Yeah, and 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 to that point, I I, I went back after the game because I was kind of curious how long that fourth quarter was because the way the game was going, and I tweeted this out during the game, the fourth quarter if you needed twenty four points, the leading team needed twenty four points, it was going to take about you know four minutes because. They were scoring at such Mm -hmm. a torrid pace. No defense was being played. Obviously, that changed in the fourth. But I was wondering how long that fourth quarter actually was. Right. And I went back and rewatched it because I couldn't find it anywhere online. Maybe it's out there now and maybe it's out there with more accuracy. But roughly, at least, I got about 14 minutes and 47 seconds of game time. And, and I mean game time, meaning like running an NBA clock I at the 10-minute mark. I stopped it right. at, 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 at made shots and what have you. So those guys that were on the court at the end of the game basically played right around 12 minutes or so of real game time. At full speed. At full speed uh, to close it out. So I can certainly see the perspective of, oh my gosh, let's get this over with because – we've been out here in addition to playing earlier in the game for an NBA quarter straight without, without any rest outside right. of the timeouts and the reviews.
1: I'll, I'll be really interested to see, I mean, cause obviously it was really exciting. So the, the NBA is going to run with this going forward. Um, I'll be interested to see um, how like coaches and players adjust accordingly. And, um as it go forward like i'd be really interested interested to see um doing like some hockey shifts
0: just like in that fourth quarter in that
1: fourth quarter it's like these guys are running there's no there's like you know rather than playing for like 12 straight minutes it's like okay these guys are going whole new set go hard you yeah. know get, get those guys a rest i mean maybe it's like okay these guys go for three minutes these guys go for two so, like, you have, like, the true better, like, the be- the best players you have on the court as much as possible. But, you know, to give those guys a breather and have fre- completely fresh legs in there, you know, like, I would have loved, I mean, I would have loved to see Westbrook in that environment. Like, he didn't, he, you know, he just sat the bench. But, I mean, talk about a guy who's going to play hard in that situation. Right. I mean, he was, like. The the one guy since Kobe who like didn't take an All Star game off like you put him in he's he tried right right on both ends
0: <laughs> and I feel like the one guy that stood out to me that actually I believe really tried on both ends of the whole
1: game I think Giannis did he didn't like in the first quarter he oh. turned it on in the second like when he was like oh crap we're down and he's like oh no I'm not gonna get blown out we, and which is kind of funny because I was gonna bring I was gonna bring that up but I was also um, Relatedly, just the if you just saw the rosters on paper, it's like what the fuck was Giannis doing? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: maybe maybe that was his his whole goal was I'm gonna pick a team people are gonna question and then I'm going to win with that team. Who knows? I don't know. And he almost did. He almost did. And and you know one thing that I had a concern about going into that fourth was I'm like oh well, this might not end up being that competitive because I think Team LeBron was down eight or so going into the fourth. Obviously came back and won it, but once they got to within, you know, three points or so, I was like, well, this is going to be good. And it, and it was, and it was, and it was.
1: Yeah. I, I, part of me wonders if there was, you know, a little bit of let's let the other team get back, let them get it back in a little bit, just so we can make it close and exciting for the audience, the audience. And that was, and then they're like, oh no, now I care. Right, <laughs> like the unintentional. Now I care. Yeah, because we made it a close game. Yeah, yeah, and
0: let's talk too. Let's let's step back a little bit earlier in the game to Devin Booker's putback dunk.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I I don't know what else to say besides I wow. I don't think I've
1: ever seen him jump that high. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and that's an interesting <laughs> thing you bring up because I I know he can dunk. I was like. Devin Booker put that thing back, got up there, put it back in some some level of traffic, something we don't really see that often. But has he really ever done something like that before? So I just Googled Devin Booker posterize. And I found two examples that I think are really good examples that show, yeah, he's got that in him. It's just not primarily his game, obviously. Um, and they're both from within, I believe, the last couple of years. One where he posterized for lack of other term Kyle Witwer if you are familiar with that name at all no. a Gonzaga guy Okay he was actually coming out of college, coming out of high school a pretty high level recruit went to I believe Kansas and then transferred to Gonzaga to finish out his career but yeah he murdered him and I don't know Kyle Witwer has been in the NBA since then the other one was on Anthony Davis back when he was still with the Pels. Oh yeah and it was it was it was a pretty good one too so Booker has it in him. We just don't really ever think about it. It's kind of like, you know, if Cam Johnson posterizes somebody, you know, sometime next year, I don't think everyone's going to go, that's what he does. No, I'm just saying (laughs) he's done it, but it's not what you expect of him. So you don't think that he has that ability. But I was on Twitter today and somebody had put up a picture from that dunk. And the look on Booker's face almost said to me, even in his own mind, he was like, Whoa, what am I doing? Where am I? Oh my God, don't mess this up. Oh my God, I just I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Because there's just kind of this mix between concentration, confusion, fear, shock, and fear. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great. And you know, he ended up, even though the box score showed 19 minutes, he ended up playing more around 10 or so. Uh because he had played seven going in. I think anybody that played in that fourth quarter, for whatever reason, box score just added 12 minutes. Um, because I remember the, I think Kellen Olson had first tweeted out, you know, Booker's line when he came out in the fourth Booker's final line, 19 minutes, six points, four rebounds. And I was kind of like, there's no way he played 19 minutes. Yeah. Um, but he did get in around, around 10, but even though the stat sheet wasn't stuffed, like we would all like to see, I mean, he didn't hit any of the threes he
1: took. Like he did the night before. I think it's was a first-time but But,
0: yeah, it's that. And on top of that, I mean, you think about it. Most of his threes that he missed were long. Yeah. That's just adrenaline, I think. But he still got kind of that all-star moment. Right. You know, that's something that will be remembered. He'll mm-hmm. remember it. Suns fans will remember it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, as we see all-star games down the line, they show highlights of all-star games past. That, that type of thing, you know, pops up. Especially considering this all-star game is one that really is monumental to a certain extent for the NBA, not only with it being the first all-star game after Kobe's passing, but also with it being the first all-star game with this, with this format format, and being what has to be, and I haven't seen every all-star game, but it has to be the most competitive all-star game that there's been
1: ever in the NBA. I just, I I wonder if, if they'll figure out something in some way to, try to keep that competitiveness in the previous three quarters in some way, shape or form. I think the intent with the having like a charity goal and you win each quarter was like a hope that like they would get competitive, but I don't think that really happened as much. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe if it was close in like the last two minutes, like,
0: like the third quarter, yeah, the, the, the last, the last minute or two got pretty competitive. There were even intentional fouls. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe they could. But I think it's a lot to ask these guys to go out there and play an, an exhibition game mm. and play like they did in the fourth quarter throughout the entire game. Right. And as a fan, when Devin Booker came out in the fourth, I was, I was like, oh, man, that sucks, you know, because I figured he was done. Yeah. But then as that game got as physical as it got, I was kind of like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm okay having Booker sitting on the bench right now. As much as I would love him to have the opportunity to kind of make big shots down 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 the stretch there, with the luck that the Suns have, uh, some freak accident would have happened and he would have gotten injured and and then we would all be sitting here being like, "Great, now the rest of the season's just completely yeah." So, but let's talk briefly on on Booker's three-point performance. I mean, rounds of 27, 26 from the guy who still holds the record for most points in a round right in a year when they didn't have the additional six points from these two deep balls um you know he he put on he put on a clinic and that last that last three by um healed. buddy hield it was like in slow motion to me i'm just <laughs> okay. like i'm like oh don't go in room don't out, go in don't out, go in yeah. out, out. <laughs> and and he made it and kudos to him but yeah. you you would have loved to see that for booker to to be the replacement guy who comes in and then wins the three point contest but at the same time he's the replacement guy who came in Without any prep.
1: Right. And still finish second. Yeah, he's got some muscle memory. He, I mean, compared to some of the other guys, he's, he's done it. Like, was well, this is like... Fourth, I believe. Is it fourth year in a row? Not... I don't know if it's in a row. Maybe it is. What, well, I guess it would probably... Or is it, it would, three it, and four? It would basically almost did have he, to did be did Did he do it last year? I honestly don't remember. I can't remember. Because I, I know he... Obviously, he won it that first year. And then he had to come back as the defending champion. I think he... I don't remember. I just know he's done it. This is at least his third. It'll he, probably be his last, at least or for a bit, until he becomes a perennial all star.
0: Right. Yeah. So Booker. Yeah. So Booker won it two years ago. So then he would have done it last year, presumably, right? Um, and then was it only two years ago that he won it? Yeah, it was seventeen eighteen. He he won it. Um, but at at any rate. You know, it would have been nice for him to 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 snag that, but at the same time, he showed up well, and again, without really any prep, um, made 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 Suns fans proud. I'm I'm yeah, I'm
1: sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, the hope is that you know, either the the the, the hope is that the Suns finally take that next step and do truly become competitive mm-hmm. next season, and the Suns' record become, doesn't become a knock on his candidacy for an all-star. Right. You know, where it's like, oh, he didn't get it because his team still kind of sucks. Because, I mean, they don't. It's just the West is really packed.
0: Right, exactly. exactly. You know, I mean, they're not
1: great, but, I mean, just from the standpoint of um, how much they've improved year over year... You know he he deserved to get some type of recognition and credit for that because he's been a big part of big part of that situation. So you know, assuming our guys get healthy and can, are able to stay healthy next season and not be suspended.
0: Big part, big, big part care. of it. Um, yeah, and and hopefully we are trending the right direction. And and so it was Booker's fourth time. Okay, so he did it, and that's why I was kind of quiet there. He did it in two thousand sixteen. Um, 2018, which is the year that he won it, 19, and then this year. So that's, that's, that's a lot for a guy who's in yeah. his fifth year. <laughs> so yeah. so anyway, let's, let's take a quick break, and we'll get into some of those health points that you brought up because James Jones today came out and said that the Suns expect to have everybody but Frank ready to go after the All-Star break for their first game against the Toronto Raptors. So we'll chat about what exactly that means for the team and and where we see that leading them. All right. As we mentioned, going into the break, there, James Jones was on Burns and Gambo today doing his uh, weekly interview. He was asked about the health of the team. I shouldn't say he was asked. He actually brought up after the All Star break. You know, we're going to have our guys back. We're going to be healthy, and we're going to, you know, get our get our full allotment of of, of players back that we've missing. Followed up, asked to confirm that everyone's going to be back, and he basically said, everybody but Frank. Um, Frank's still not going to be back, but the Suns are going to have Dario. They're going to have DeAndre. They're going to have Baines, uh, and I bring up those names in particular because those are the front court guys who, last episode, we were talking about the Suns have missed so much. And not to rehash what we discussed before, but, again, injuries happen in the NBA, yeah. But when you have them all coming at front court at the front court position – and taking away any depth that you really have at the 4 and the 5, it's certainly going to impact the team, and, and we've seen that happen.
1: Well, we should have just played like the Rockets.
0: Right, Yeah, because we saw how well that worked for the Rockets against the Suns. That's the only <laughs> example I'm going to use ever <laughs> about the Rockets is that game against the Suns, um, because obviously they've won other games, but
1: we'll have, use the Have Suns. they lost any other games?
0: <laughs> I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I don't think so. So maybe they're onto something. They better hope the Suns don't sneak into the playoffs then because they're yeah. screwed. Um, but that would be a hell of a finish if the Suns sneak into the playoffs. It certainly would, making up, what, six, six, six and a half games? the yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't need a – let's delve into that if we feel the hope that it could potentially happen. And even me being my optimistic self, I'm not exactly holding my breath expecting the Suns to make the playoffs um, here this year, but –
1: regardless we didn't expect them to make the playoffs coming into this season it's true that's true it was uh, that 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 hot start
0: ruined it for everybody
1: it ruined it for everybody
0: but um you know I went back and and the idea of having Baines Aiton and Saric all available together in a game made me kind of wonder hmm how often has that actually happened this year and, Paul, I know I already asked you this. I don't know yeah. if you remember my answer, so I'm hoping you didn't because I'm going to ask you again. Take a, take a guess or provide information you already know, depending on which one <laughs> it is, as to how many games Aiton, Baines, and Sarge have all been available for the Suns this season. A comical amount. It is a comical <laughs> amount. It is a grand total of 12 games. Now take a guess out of those 12 games, How many the Suns won with those three available? A less than comical amount? I would call it a borderline impressive amount. (laughs) I would call it actually nay. I would call it an impressive amount. The Suns in those 12 games where all three of those guys have been available are seven and five. And in one of them where all three were available, Sarge I think only played like four minutes because I think that was the game that he ended up getting injured in Mm. or at least one of the times. So, and that was a loss. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But regardless, you have that 12 game, obviously a small sample size, but that's a winning percentage that if you extrapolate it out over a season, gives you a 45-46 win team. I'd take it. I would absolutely take it. And and uh, there were teams that they played in there that they beat. They beat the Knicks twice. Yeah. Um. They, they beat... Um, Sacramento, they beat Charlotte. They beat Orlando, who, well, you know, you don't think much. They're technically they're a, they're a playoff team right now in yeah. the East, uh, but they also beat Portland and they beat Boston. Uh, so so they they beat some heavy hitters or at least strong hitters yeah. uh, out of those seven wins and and that's kind of to the point that we had discussed before and the difficulties that it comes with having these injuries all overlapping and all being in the front court position and how that impacts a team like this. Again, as a team is built, if healthy, or at least if relatively healthy, or at least if not unhealthy all at the same time, right? it's a team that could be built to be a 500-ish high 30s win team at worst, or if we, again, extrapolate it out of 45, 46 win team. I'm not necessarily saying that if they keep all three of those guys healthy the rest of the year, they're going to be a i55 winning percentage team throughout the end the rest of the season but it shows exactly what type of impact having those three guys not available to play with one another uh, on a regular basis um has had on that team
1: yeah i mean it's it'll just it'll just be nice to have essentially a full complement of a team for you know as long as their health allows right fingers crossed um just because you know the suns arguably like some of their losses was just due to you know there were a couple games there where they just lost due to fatigue you know they could the the roster was so depleted you had guys like what what was it um like Ayton played like 42 44 minutes on the second night of a Mm back-to-back in at least one of those games you know that that's not, and then he got injured shortly after that. That might he might have even got injured in that game, right? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, having those guys out or having one or two of those guys out is going to force the team, if it wants to stay in games and be competitive in games, to stretch the minutes that other players play. Like like your example of Aiton. Uh, and, and that creates not only the issue of fatigue at the end of a game, but again, as you pointed out, uh, you know, the potential risk of, 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 injury when you, when that fatigue sets in, then, you know, you're not as cognizant of what's going on. You're more prone to, to lapses that could result in injury and what have you. So I am excited to see a, how long we can have those guys available all at the same time. And, and B, What that ultimately does does for this team, and I think that you know we we might you know we we won't necessarily see the seven and four team that we saw at the start of the season, maybe, Um, but I think we'll see uh, a a team that is less the team who has gone through long losing streaks and who has burnt out at the end of games and what have you, Uh, and and I think that extends also to the rest of the guys. Because if you're not having to tax your bigs, then guys like Devin Booker aren't having to press as hard throughout the entirety of the game. That's not to say he's not going to be playing hard, of course, but not have to press as hard and and also not be as worn down. So I think it's really a ripple effect throughout the entire team when you have your front court as depleted as it has been. And, and hopefully these guys can, can stay healthy and we can see a solid second "Quote unquote, second half of the season, also known as last twenty-seven
1: games, which is not half at all, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hoping uh, Baines's uh, offense comes back even slightly. Like I don't expect the, the nuclear start that he had to the season, but it'd be nice if it wasn't the, poop on a porch that mm-hmm. was after he came back from his first injury. Um, you know, just to kind of round out that bench a little bit from a scoring perspective." Um it'll be interesting, um, seeing you know, Baines, Dario's now like gonna be probably a full-time bench guy because clearly that starting unit it, um, is arguably the best in the NBA mm-hmm. statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, that's going to continue and how that affects the rest of the rotation um, will be interesting to see. Um, you know, the bench is still a little light on scoring, so we'll see how that goes. but um having players is better than not having players
0: right exactly and and you know the other thing that I will be interested in and in, and seeing how this develops is the the pickup of Jonah Bolden because you know he's he's a guy that had we had him earlier in the year and and this is obviously based off of his one-game sample size, but had we had him in earlier in the year, then perhaps some of that front-court lack, that lack of front-court because of injuries, wouldn't have been as impactful because you know he, he came in to, to that game and uh, the one game that he played against Golden State and, and certainly made an impact not only in the minutes that he ate up giving productive court time, but also in, you know, how he played. He, right. You know, in that one game, he played twenty-six minutes. Fresh off signing a 10-day contract. He plays 26 minutes, scores six points, <laughs> excuse me, seven rebounds, two blocks, a steal. And in that game, he had the second highest plus-minus of the team right. behind Cam. So even if something happens and one of those guys, which I'm sure will happen at some point, there's a likelihood that DeAndre Saric and or Baines will miss some time again. Hopefully, Bolden's a guy that you know if he ends up sticking around.
1: Yeah, we got uh, two more games of them.
0: Yeah, and and you know if he performs like this and and fills that role. Then I don't see why the Suns don't don't keep him around. Especially now that you know my my favorite for a potential waiver pickup uh, has now officially signed or not maybe not official yet, but is going to be signed with the Clippers in Reggie Jackson. <laughs> So, <laughs> we'll see. I guess that's really all we can say at this point. You know, yep. we've we've endured what we have. Yep. We've seen the ups and downs. We had a hot start to the season. We had some lulls during the season. And now maybe with this stronger complement of players available to the team, we'll see that mm-hmm. turn into some some wins, which we'll get into next episode. Uh, how we think the Suns are going to do as a whole for the remainder of the season. But it will be interesting to see how the health holds up and how that ultimately affects affects the team. And let's not forget that this first game here after the All-Star break will be the first game for DeAndre Ayton after his first three-point attempt in like the regular course of a game this season. So, I think he shot one earlier this year, but I think it was like kind of like a buzzer heave. I'm going to say, I'm going to say... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that DeAndre Ayton will take at least one 3 in the Toronto game. Will he make a 3? Look, baby steps, Paul. <laughs> I just want to start shooting them first and then and then we'll worry about making them. But yes, he will. But yes, he's not he going to shoot them if he doesn't make them. He'll, he'll get he'll get gunshot. Well, time will tell, I guess, yes. right? Time will tell. So, okay. Healthy sons, please stay healthy, please stay healthy, please stay healthy. I want all three of those guys available in the rotation for the rest of the year so we can truly see what this team is
1: made of. And I want all the guys available in the rotation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. All of them. All right. Well, any final thoughts here, Paul, before we wrap up this episode of Fan in the Flames? Nope. I'm good. All right. Well. Like we always say here on Fanning the Flames, we do appreciate you guys listening. Let's look forward to Devin Booker being named an All-Star again next year and DeAndre Ayton continuing to develop into an All-Star caliber player. And depending on when you're listening... Oh, wait, let me step back. You can, as always, find me on Twitter. I'm at Paul. I'm at Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. Subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network find us on brightsideofthesun.com and until next time depending on when you're listening have yourself a good morning good afternoon or good evening
1: don't forget to get your pet spayed or neutered Just one